Tom Chilton, I'm delighted to hear you on the phone. Now, what I'm asking the question about is that you and I have just had this conversation, and in the course of our conversation before we went on air, you mentioned about a baby, but then we talked about a baby. You've got two boys, yes? I've got four boys in total. Four boys in total, but where, where, did the, where do the four boys fit into your, your, your lifespan, as it were? Uh, well, they're all coming to Brands Hatch this Sunday, which is very exciting. Um, it will be quite hard work for the missus, Georgina, because she's got a nine-month-old on her chest, and then we've got a, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a nine-year-old. So we've got Freddie. Uh, what, are the, what are the boys' names? Do tell me. Uh, so we've got Freddie, the eldest, and then we've got Rupert, George, and then Charlie's the baby. And what about, your, what about your lovely partner who's been responsible for producing at least half of the babies? <laughs> she, she's a one-piece, mate. She's, uh, she, she's excited for the racing this weekend, and she's excited for us to get married in October, um, which is, uh, is going to be at the end of the race season. So I'm hoping we can end the year on a high. We're currently fourth on the championship, which isn't bad, is it? And I'm hoping we can end on a high and then go out and get married, it will be like, nice race in Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I, 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 remember, I remember one conversation we had uh, a couple of uh, years back where you actually, I came along to the, to the, to the, the sort of pre-season test there, whatever it is, and uh, we were having a little chat, and I said, how are you, Tom? He said, oh, I've got a new girlfriend. That's what you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is that new girlfriend who's now mother to two of the children? Yeah, I think it probably is, yeah, it would be, yeah. So Georgina, um, she's been on the scene since the, uh, I was in the World Touring Cars, actually, in the Citroen when I finished third overall in the World Touring Cars, and then, obviously, then the next year was at Motivate in British Touring Cars, and I shredded week car, and I finished third in the British Touring Cars the next year, so. And ever since, I've remained number three, which is incredible, because I've had a pretty tough few years, as you know, but um, I'm currently one point off Jake Hill's third in championship at the moment, so I'm, I'm nearly where I should be. I, I want to be top three. I'm really happy in the top three because I feel like that's where I should be. Um, and up until this year, I haven't quite had the cards to do it, to be honest. So, uh, nice that I'm in a nice, comfortable position at the moment. My one question to you is, I began to wonder whether or not you found it difficult now how to get on to the top step of the podium. <laughs> you do worry. The older you get, the faster you, you, you was, you know, <laughs> or were, rather. That's more interesting. Um, and uh, you do start to worry, you know, can I get up the steps? Can I get a bit old and easy to bit, you know? Are <laughs> um, well, you 38 now, is that right? I'm 38, yeah. But um, And I haven't gone bald, I haven't gone grey. You know, I keep fit. I've done this week, I've done running, swimming. Um, I've done cycling, that was 6.30 in the morning. And then I've done a body conditioning this morning. So I, I've done I, I've done four days exercise so far this week, one each day, and I'm, I'm taking all the boxes. I'm trying to stay young as long as I can, because you have to when you've got four kids anyway. But being a professional sportsman, you've got to keep fit just in case, um, you know, it helps recovery. Especially if you ever have a, a crash, you can recover quicker if you're fitter. But touch wood, that's not going to happen. You've had a hell of a life, bearing in mind the fact that I picked up on the fact that back in uh, 2002, with Barwell Motorsport, run by Mark Lemmer, you were yes. the youngest driver to line up in the British Touring Car Championship. Now, do you remember that, or is it too far away from how old you were? Yeah. It feels like an awfully long time ago. My teammate was Aaron Slight, who was runner-up in the World Superbike Championship time, uh, and it was a long time ago. Um, but I remember, I remember, like yesterday, the first round, I, I was a spotty teenager who hadn't even driven on the roads yet. I finished third in the first race round. Brand GP, but I only ran around the night before because I didn't know where I was going. Mm. Um, 
and uh, I remember Anthony Reid and Tim Harvey sort of um, sort of not being very kind to me in the Autosport magazine. Double page spread in the middle saying this this kid should be at school. He can't even drive on the road. We're going to wrap him up. First corner, first lap, I fired off Anthony Reid, and the third to last lap, I drew it, I fired off Tim Harvey. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that today with the rules, because now you can't hit anybody off. You get instantly put to the back and get strikes, and then you're not allowed to you know, start the race after that. And it, basically, the rules now are they're a lot stricter than they used to be. And if you, let, if you do now hit someone, you now have to, within a whole lap, let them back through again. Um, so it's a lot stricter, which is good. I'm happy for the new rules, to be honest. If, someone, if I had a 17-year-old now, I mean, Roland Pierce, my teammate, 21, and he looks like he's 14, huh? I mean, I couldn't believe how young I was when I was actually racing the things. But if my teammate hit me off now, I'd be really missed. Because I'd be like, you're a baby and you're smacking off it. It would be, like, really upsetting. <laughs> um, but, but I think uh, the thing that I, I, the thing I love about you and your personality is your enthusiasm. Whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is, you, you, you have, you have a certain personality which sort of goes well above, uh, what you often find in the pit lane or in the garages, in touring cars or any other form of motorsport, basically. And it's very nice to have somebody like you that really enjoys what they do. You get a lot of pleasure out of it. You give a lot of pleasure to the sport. And the one thing more than anything else is that possibly one would envy you the fact that you, you've had an incredible motorsport career so far up to date. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Patrick, you're right, you're right. I'm very, very lucky. I've, I've raced all around the world, and you know I've, I've won in five continents, and uh, I think I've had 33 wins uh, in five continents, and you know the FI World Touring Cars, British Touring Cars, the American Le Mans, European Le Mans, and the um, done the, the VLM races around the North Star Ring. I'm so grateful for all the opportunities. Even having an Aussie V8 test, and I was Triple Eight. In, in the British touring cars, part of the deal was I'd tested AAA, Craig Brown's Aussie VA out in Brisbane. Um, and, you know, I've been everywhere and driven lots of different cars. I haven't done Formula 1 because I was too big. I just had my skinny little brother to do. But um, I've been very, very fortunate. And, uh, and it's nice that I've got some trophies to, to show for it at the end. But I've never won outright. I've only ever won independent championships and third overall. I've never won outright. So I always feel like I'm second best of the losers, if you like, fun. I'm really desperate to win it, and I'm really hoping if I can line on the gut stuff, I can do it this year. Absolutely. I mean, of course, as well, bearing in mind the fact that we know that all of the teams and all the drivers have a lot of support from mums and dads and, 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 and friends or whatever else. And your mum and dad, you know, obviously Graham and Nadine, isn't it, your mum? Yeah, Nadine, yeah. And they're all support. But I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been incredibly supportive, haven't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's not just me, it's my brother Max as well. I mean, Alice doesn't, my sister, she's only 18 months younger than me. She's got two boys now as well, but she, she, um, she doesn't obviously do most sport, but my mum does spend every weekend at a racetrack. I mean, Max has now just stopped IndyCar. Um, but at one point, it was every single weekend of the year, it was either a, you know, a test day or it was a, a racetrack. They've been so supportive and they've absolutely loved you know, being in the most sports circle, it's it's a really fun place to be. The thing is, is there's there's lots of lows, you know, it's, but when the highs come, when you're there for them, it's such a good thing. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, getting that win at Donington was unbelievable, and it was uh, it was long overdue after a few sort of tough years, to be honest. But it was not, I felt like Fernando Alonso this year, finally in the right car, the right team, and uh, yeah, still got it, clearly. So it's all good. 
But I mean, Fernando Alonso to me is a very special person as well. I mean, I, I, I knew Fernando when Renault obviously won the two world, two, couple of two world titles with Fernando. What a lovely guy he was, though. What a genuinely honest, open guy he was as well. Yeah, he's so determined. You know, he, he wants to win, obviously, cars and Le Mans and Formula One. He wants to get the, the triple, which is, like, really hard to do. Um, and that's what I know Fernando is desperate to do. Um, I know Lewis Hamilton wants to get 10 world championships and Fernando wants to win in all of those. That's like their goals. Um, and it's so important as, as a human being in life to have a goal. Um, and my goal is to be British champion outright. Um, and I'm, I'm so close to it. I, I can smell it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, this championship is, I think, one of the hardest championships in the world. I get in other championships and they're not as hard. This, the BTCC is so hard. It's the third longest standing motorsport championship in the world. It was Formula One and NASCAR before, and then British Touring Cars. Sixty-fourth year, I think now. Um, but I think the disappointment is that when you look at Formula One and where Formula One is at the moment, Formula One has basically fallen apart, as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's a great shame because in the days when I was growing up with Grand Prix with Nicky Lauder and James Hunt and all the stars of Formula One in those days who were driving these real beasts of racing cars, basically. But they were competing, they were racing, they were obviously, there was a lot of fatality, sadly, but there was also an enormous amount of, uh, of popularity with Formula One in those days. Today, it has nothing to offer at all. I mean, you know, it's not interesting to watch, it's very boring on television, and I think it's a great shame. When you do a touring car weekend, you know, when I watched the race, obviously, at Donington Park, I couldn't be there, but watching it on television, you think, this is magic. You know, you're seeing 27 <laughs> cars on the track, and they're within, they're, they're within a, what, the distance that 20, 27 cars cover, basically. And so you have them all there, competing and battling for each other. That's entertainment, and also... It is, it's close. You know, it's fantastic from that point of view, isn't it? In the racing so close, our option car isn't much different in lap time. So we're going to Browns out Jindy this weekend, which is the shortest circuit in the calendar in terms of distance. You know, we're going around and qualifying will be 47, below 47 this year, I reckon, which is very, very quick um, lap time. And, you know, the whole grid will be covered within within a second. You'll have 27 cars, um, easily within, maybe even within like eight tenths of a second, you'll have 27 cars. And the, the option tyre it's probably on a stopwatch, only two-tenths of a second difference. But that two-tenths of a second is your option tyre for the race. So that means that for the first seven or eight laps, you were two-tenths of a second lap faster, which isn't really enough to overtake. You need like a half-second lap advantage to make it like a solid overtake, you know what I mean? But it's sort of two-tenths of a lap, or might even be 1.8-tenths of a second of a lap difference. is isn't huge. So people go, well, I've got the soft tyre on. I've got to make the move in the first seven laps when the tyre goes off. Well, the first 12 laps and the tyre goes off. Um, but then you've got all the hybrid mixing the different kilometres an hour from 135 uh, downwards, uh, depending on where you are uh, in the race or the championship. You, know, um, you then get different amount of seconds, different amount of laps, and different speed it kicks in. So, you know, even qualifying for me, it's unfortunate in the championship. So my speed, the hybrid kicks in at is 130 kilometres an hour, and I'm allowed seven seconds of it in qualifying on, on my flying lap. Whereas Jake Hill, who's one point ahead of me in third, his starts at 135. So his starts five kilometers later down straight. But he's only got five seconds. And then you've got Tommy in second, you get three seconds. 
and then you get one second for first, which is Dan Canis. But all three of those still kick in the hybrid at 135 kilometers an hour. What do you think of the hybrid system, though? Do you, uh, do you, do you find it, uh, if you like, is it an interesting element, and is it, is it proven to be interesting as far as the competitive uh, side of things is concerned? I noticed it the first time at Donington Park after winning the race because I got one second. <laughs> and I noticed Josh Cook reeling me in on the straight because we were battling for seventh and eighth in the last race. And I was doing really well on the corners, thinking, oh, yeah, this is good. And then all of a sudden, I'm in on mirror going, oh, I think I have to defend because he's, he's so much quicker up the straight because he's got the hybrid and I haven't. And so that then makes it a lot more exciting um, for the racing because you start thinking, oh, if I have to defend, you then are going to get a really bad exit. If there's a car, there wasn't a car, but if there was a car right behind the car behind me, then all of a sudden, if one gets a nose in, you're hung out the drama next corner and then a train of cars go through. And from you being maybe the best car under brakes around the corner, you have got the hybrid. Because we're so close in a train, you could lose one, two, three cars in one move if you're on the wrong side of the circuit, which you can't help sometimes because it's just, it is what it is sometimes. Um, it, 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 it is now affecting the racing. Last year it didn't change much. If I'm honest, it wasn't as powerful, but now the kilometers an hour it kicks in at makes a big difference. Because my, my few seconds I get, seven seconds, if that kicks in at 115 kilometers an hour, uh, wow, that makes a big difference from 130. Uh, because a lot of the lap time gain is from low down rather than top end. Um, because torque is more of an effect lower down, obviously. So it's, uh, yeah, it's this year going to make a big difference. If you've got all the hybrid on a soft tyre and somebody's on medium tyre with no hybrid, then the lap time difference won't be, you know, 1.82 tenths. That will then be like four tenths a second, and then it gets, then that's a good chunk of time difference that then the overtake, overtaking happens again. And that's what it sounds like to see, all the, the overtaking, which isn't done on DRS, which is a big advantage in F1, that you completely can complete the move before the next braking zone sometimes. Ours is just enough of an advantage, like a gentle push from behind with the hybrid, um, just so that you're like halfway alongside someone, so that you've still got to make the proper overtaking manoeuvre. That's why the racing is so exciting in the British. You know, we're not actually being handed anything on a plate at all. If anything, it makes our lives a lot harder in the car because you're then stuck on the outside <laughs> if you're in that position being overtaken. So. When you're, uh, actually, when you're actually in racing mode, basically, I mean, are the, are the places on the circuit that you decide are going to be the places you're going to bring in the hybrid system or are you are you are you required to work within a certain length of time over that particular lap I'm, this is the one thing I don't fully understand it, de- it depends how many seconds you've got and which circuit I mean it all does make a big difference but so, like brand tax is a short lap so guys who are below 10th you get Ten, you get 15 seconds of hybrid. 15 seconds is basically all of the straights, isn't it? <laughs> so as soon as you hit a straight line and you're over the 120 kilometers an hour, whatever it is, bang, you hit the button and you use it all up all the straights, basically. So that's a, that's just a really easy, obvious one, just the back straight and the main straight, and you've used it all. Um, and you wouldn't probably use it anywhere else. That that would be it. But then when you get to a longer circuit, like the three miles at Snetton, you then pick and choose which bits you think would be more of an advantage or 
where's the best overtaking corners? And then whatever you think is the best overtaking corners, you then think, well, I want to make sure I'm eating hybrid on that straight to make sure no one can outbreak me because that's the best overtaking corner and gives me a chance to overtake someone in front. So you, you tactically start using it on where you think is the best place to, uh, to either defend or overtake rather than necessarily what's best on the stopwatch. I think using it for an advantage on lap time gain against just using it wherever you want to there isn't as big a difference as I thought there'd be. I've done it in what I call the optimum position to use hybrid, and then I've used it willy-nilly just to get rid of the second. And on the stopwatch, it's made literally within a few thousandths of a second difference. It hasn't been as big a difference as I thought it would. When you click that button, does it, does yeah. it actually hit you in the back side straight away, or do you have to a slight delay before it kicks in? Uh, you have like a progressive ramp. So if it was like instant 30 horsepower, you would feel it as a kick in the back. But it's, it's, what, it's got like the first half a second, it's like a progressive ramp. So it's not like instant. Um, so it's a sort, I mean, of sur- it's a sort of surge of power rather more than being a hit in the back, basically. Yeah, it, it's like a gentle push from behind. Imagine you get like a giant gust of wind behind you and you just feel it pushing you. It's like that, it's not like a slap. Fascinating. Hmm. Absolutely fascinating. No, but um, can I just say that, you know, all the stuff we've talked about today is very interesting because I don't necessarily always get much, this much detail out of the, some of the drivers I talk to, which is fine. But, you know, you've told us an awful lot and explained a lot of things to us. I still think that the Indy circuits at Brands Hatch and Knock Hill are two of the most interesting circuits because the Indy circuit is obviously a short lap at Brands Hatch. It's great for spectators. But you really have to think your strategy, particularly with the hybrid system in, in, involved as well, you really have to think your strategy very quickly because those laps will go very quickly, won't they? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, with me, with my seven seconds, which isn't as much as 15, it's going to fly by. Um, and when, it, when the seconds are gone and you feel like you've got no advantage, you know, on, on the hybrid, I'll be feeling like I've got a handbrake out for half a straight. It will feel really painful. I can't wait to almost lower down and get more hybrid again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about the Hiram by I30, the NI30? What, um, what's it like to drive? It's a really nice car. I, I struggled last year, um, and the team have sent over backwards to make lots of changes for me, and uh, what I suggested. And the car's great. I'm really happy with the car. I feel like I've got you know, a, a top car, and it does what I want it to do, and I'm happy. And when you've got happy drivers, you've got a fast driver. Mm-hmm. You've got team, Tom in the same team, of course, haven't you, as well? So yeah. you're, you're competing with each other, but also working as a team as well, I suppose, in, in the overall sense of the word. Yeah, absolutely. Me and Tom get on really well. Tom and me do like different driving styles, so we have got completely different suspensions. <laughs> every time I drive Tom, I'm slightly slower. And every time Tom drives mine, he's slightly slower. So we both like our own driving styles, which means we're not really working as a team to develop the setup and stuff, because me and Tom might completely different <laughs> I have a sort of... I, I sort of have a visual impression of these big American uh, Cadillacs or whatever, those bouncing American cars of just yeah. <laughs> You're the I am doing that down the lap at, uh, at the Brands Hatch, you know. 
Yeah, it'd be really interesting after the end of this year to really work out which car setup was better at which circuits in qualifying and which car setup was better at which circuits in the race pace. Because I think there's a difference in the cars and they will be better at different circuits um, in terms of qualifying and race pace. So this year will be a bit of a learning year, if that makes sense, and I think the year after will do very well. How much um, how much of an impact did the weather at Dorrington Park have on the overall result? I mean, I was delighted for you and Nick Hamilton. Great thing, fantastic, great, great result. But in real terms, I mean, you know, that weather, um, and you obviously had to make serious decisions about tyres as well at the same time. And, and I know that Mickey Buck, I saw Mickey Buck in August for and he was scratching his head saying, you won't believe this, is it? but I've been actually asked to find some different compounds for the tyres. And he said, I've got enough going on as it is with that. That's why Alan Drow's desire, or maybe a dear old, uh, a dear old technical man himself, um, to, 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 to actually find a sort of different sort of compounds of tyres. I mean, the option tower is obviously one that remains within the balance. But what, else are, what else are the tyres doing otherwise? Um, so, at Bollington, luckily it was all just medium tyres, but because of the weather, we had some wet tyres. I ended up making a decision on a green slag lap, which you go round and then start the race, mm-hmm. so it needed wet tyres. So I came straight to the pit. And so did another sort of eight cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ended up catching everyone up, overtaking everybody better than everyone else, and then took out a lead 7.3 seconds mm-hmm. for the win, which is brilliant. Are you going are you going to continue that trend uh, from here on out and also at uh, Brands Hatch? I will do whatever's right. <laughs> well, best I feel is right. It might not be the right choice, but I will always do my gut feeling, you know, when you're sat in the car that you really think you need. You know, I sometimes change and set up even going down to the grid. Um, just warming the car up, I can feel that's not what I need right now and I do a tweak. I'm, I'm always on it when it comes to just that gut feeling, what you're feeling with the car, and whether it's a sudden change or a tire change, I, I, I will do it as fast as I can whenever it needs to. Absolutely. Well, I can only wish you a lot of luck. I mean, obviously, wish the whole team. Bristol Street Motors, obviously, um, are the team. We've obviously got uh, a, very, a very good team of people working behind the scenes, uh, looking after the cars and getting them repaired. Obviously, uh, drivers in the team, obviously, who all have an enormous amount of talent, and uh, I would suggest there are probably two drivers in the team, particularly, who are going to probably be fighting for the title this year. One of them will be Tom Ingram, and the other one will be you, but I'm not going to insult the rest of the guys in the team, because any of them could possibly win the title, couldn't they? Absolutely. I think we've got a great team of four very competitive drivers, and uh, obviously Tom is reigning champion, so he's trying to defend the title. And I'm trying to go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, Tom, I mean, he's first for Tom, and he's been trying to win this title for quite a while, hasn't he now? He finished second and third an awful lot of times. He was due to win it more than anyone else in the grid, so I'm very happy for Tom. Well, all I can say to you is you please remind yourself that you have to go on to the third step, then you have to go on to the second step, and the one that's <laughs> in the middle of those two, which is slightly higher than the rest, is the top is the top step on the podium. I want to see you there a lot more during 2023. Please, Tom Chilton.
Thank you very much. I will try my hardest. Hopefully see you there this weekend.